You're the you're the um, uncut baloney, like from uh, from podcasts ago. <laughs> I'm a cut baloney, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Roll the metal. <laughs> so uh, welcome to it's always the- Tom Theo Bourbon season two. Season two. Season two. <laughs> we only have. It. Five podcasts a season. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, we had four last season. <laughs> they're high. They're high quality. I thought we had That's five. Why. I only think we had. We had. We had five. Did we okay. only have four? We're, we're, we're gonna, <laughs> okay, okay, gonna open up my Spotify podcasts. I can't listen. I, I can't listen back to them because I just I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I listened. I listened to all of them the other day. Oh <laughs> uh, nope we we only had four. Well shoot. And now we have. Five. Five. Uh, and our 2021 resolution is to do at least four more. Yeah, we are gonna. Yeah, we, we we need to at least top our number of four by one. It's gonna be a hard goal. Yeah, we. <laughs> I mean, listen, everybody gets a pass from this you, past year. Yeah, we, we were both. We were all moving. <laughs> we, you all actually got the virus. <laughs> High five. Hey. Yeah, I didn't get. Sick. I didn't get sick. So. But, but I mean, so, you, you did quarantine. I just mean I didn't have symptoms, yeah. so you know, that's my. Flex. I had about five or six like COVID scares oh throughout God. the time that, and I probably, I mean, it's hard to say I probably had it because you don't know if you had it. Yeah. And so, but there were you know times where I was literally like I got to get swabbed in the nussy to find out. Yeah, like and. Okay, so when I say I hugged someone, it was a side hug of, like, my mom or dad. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's whatever. They weren't being safe. We were the ones being mm. safe. They weren't safe. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was, like, in direct contact with, like, multiple people who were in direct contact with someone who had COVID and then found out they had it. Yeah. Like, a day after they saw me. So I was like, shh. Most likely, but I got tested a million times and I was negative. So wow, wow, yeah, I, I only got tested once and it was positive. Those were probably the yeah, most yeah. stressful two weeks of my entire life. God, that was that was really something. Because <laughs> he was a yeah. mess. He was so sick, and I had like a sore uh, throat for maybe two days, and that was it. But so I'm, I'm like, so sorry, Tom. That was so bad. And <laughs> he, was, he was like <laughs> locked in our bedroom the whole time too. So I was bringing him food. Like, oh my god, like he was a prisoner. It was so bad. <laughs> and, and, and I would like, I had to leave it at the door. <laughs> I, I would like. Step into the hallway, and be like, "Can we hang out?" And you'd be like, "Yeah, it's definitely not safe. Get get back in there." Yeah, I was like, know. "Stop touching things." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, stop touching things. Yeah, you kept just like leaning against everything and touching everything, and it was just oh my god, spreading my virus. I, I slept on the couch for the whole time. It was Gosh. so bad. It was a weird time. I'm so sorry. Man. <laughs> Thank you. I was working well, too, so it was just I nice. don't, I don't, I don't know if that was the intro to our podcast, but welcome, <laughs> listeners, Hello. to Theo Bourbon. Where we have dastardly, dastardly, I don't know, uh, not had a podcast for about seven months. <laughs> dastardly. I think our fans are loyal. They'll be dastardly. Back. They're back. I mean, we have fans. I mean, like all we five have of haters them. We have haters. We have fans. We got haters. <laughs> like, we're going to have like at least a double digit listen count on this. I'm telling hey. you. Yeah, at that's my resolution. That. At least double digits, <laughs> listeners. It's powerful. Well, here we are in 2021. It is New Year's. And I 
I don't know. I <laughs> everyone has been so excited about 2021 and like how so much better it's going to be, and I'm like, we're literally still doing all the same stupid stuff we've been doing for the past. <laughs> <laughs> no one has changed anything. <laughs> Woke up today and it felt the same. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah, there's a vaccine coming, but when the hell is anybody going to get that? And I, maybe I'm just being a pessimist. Oh, I mean, if, if you're rich, you've already, you've already got it. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're if, uh, in Congress for some reason. <laughs> yeah, if you're a COVID-denying Republican, you already yeah. have to fight. Yeah. That, oh my God. Thank or you, Mitch McConnell. The vaccine. God. Th- thank you, Mitch. This is a Mitch McConnell hate episode. Did you, did you all see the meme that I made of no, him as Yzma it? from oh, <laughs> New Crew? You didn't yeah. see this? Oh my god, no, I think I did. Now I know why, because you just watched I, the movie. I called <laughs> it I called it Yzmitch. And it says it's the meme of her saying, Ha, you really should have thought of that before you came peasants. And I put his face on it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I felt I felt so proud. Uh, but anyway, hello everyone. Welcome to Theo Bourbon, where we sip on the nectar of the gods as we talk about God. And today, I I need to make Tom and Megan feel a little bit bad because they uh-huh. do not have bourbon with <laughs> them Absolutely today. Not. No, because like I said, today was New Year's Eve or New Year's, and New Year's Eve was yesterday, and they decided to. Uh, <laughs> They they decided to get a little cray. To enjoy my night, I did. <laughs> okay, I want to yeah. clarify that was Tom. <laughs> yeah, th- this is a decision that I alone but, made. But I was just is... knocking back a vodka crayons like, like nobody's none business. Other, yeah. <laughs> but this is the reason that I want y'all to feel bad because I, for the celebration of us returning to this podcast, am drinking the bourbon that I swore I would only drink on special occasions. <gasps> oh. oh. That's and awesome. I got it on Father's Day, and it is Noah's Mill, which isn't, like, it's not that special. It's just, it was aged for 15 years, so it was, like... Not that special. 50 <laughs> bucks or something like that, but it's special to me because I got it on Father's Day. What just happened Aww. in your house, Derek? And it's really freaking good, and I swore that I would keep it until my son or daughter's first 21st birthday, and that, that would be the last drink we take of it. So, cheers to you all. I'm drinking this in your honor. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored. I I, I thought I was going all out when I got some <laughs> I guess I got some I got some I got some Evan Williams in the other room. I'm not drinking it, but I do have it. And I was like, "Man, this this is tasty stuff." Uh your dad was the one. It was your dad and uh your uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what they had and I just thought it was really good. It's like the bonded uh, mm. Evan Williams, it rocks. It's really, really good, dude. Any but, bonded bourbon is pretty freaking good. I really like bonded, and it's not even like it's it's like a dollar more than the regular one. There's no mm. reason not to get it because uh, yeah. I mean it, it's like it is most certainly not like the good stuff, but it is good stuff. You know, it yeah. is good stuff, yes. uh, especially so, uh, old granddad bonded bourbon. I, ooh, not had the bonded. It's good. Fascinated. I remember when you and Caleb and I were all hanging out and we drank Old Granddad and mm-hmm. both Caleb and I almost threw up. Yep. Neither of us did, though. But not Derek. That was pretty good. <laughs> well, Did I throw up? Oh, you threw up. <laughs> I did throw up. <laughs> oh, I was like... <laughs> I, think I, was the, I think I was the only one that did. Yeah. 
However, I mean, you you still like actually drank some. We're both just like, oh, it's so strong. and didn't drink it and drank <laughs> M- Mike's hard uh-huh. while you were over here being macho and then vomiting like a man. That's how you Good do times. it. Man. Good Mike's times. That's how, you, that's, how, that's how you do it. We were drinking Mike's hard, Caleb and I. It was a good night. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I say every podcast, like little bitches. And, and it was it was delicious. <laughs> and it was a fun night too. We had a great time. It was a good, we lo- a good we time. loved on each other like good brothers do. Oh, so. buddies. Anyway, what we uh, what what we're gonna talk about, you guys today? I have been thinking about for a while, and um, in other podcasts, uh, I had mentioned that there were some cool things going on behind the scenes. If y'all can even remember back that far. Um, and now I can actually talk about it because there are some, I don't really know how to say this. There are, there were powers that be that would have been against the people involved had we really like gone for talking about it, if that makes sense. But, um, me and some of our very close friends have started a church and... It is a very good church. Um, me and the Reverend Dr. John Roller that um, we have talked about before. And Caleb. A friend. The Reverend <laughs> Caleb. Dr. Caleb. Reverend Woo! Dr. Caleb. Who is only a doctor by Twitter means. Reverend <laughs> <laughs> Dr. W. That's his Caleb name in my Norris. phone, too. W. Caleb <laughs> Dr. Norris. Caleb Norris. <laughs> um, the wonderful pastor uh, Zoe that we have. And me. So we um, have been doing this church for a little while. Um, It's probably been since the pandemic started and after John went through what he went through with Asbury um, and all that stuff. And um, which is weird because we started talking about it before that even happened. Hmm. And he basically the thing he said was I would have to leave Asbury if I wanted to do this. And then everything happened that happened. And so it was kind of one of those things that was very obviously like the right thing to do. Um, but anyway, what happened at said church a couple of weeks ago, the Christmas before, the Christmas before, the Sunday before Christmas, um, we had a really cool service where a bunch of our people shared their artwork and shared different pieces of art or creativity, like poems. We did paintings. There's a lady in our church who does quilts, um, and she shared a bunch of pictures of those. And then, um, so, so we had a really cool time of like being able to recognize the creativity on the artistic side of our church. And even one girl that's in our church, it's actually John's daughter, Kristen. She did a really cool piece that was very like mathematically put together. Um, and it was so intricately like just mathematic. I can't even think of the word because I'm unintelligent. In is she still doing the, like the projection stuff or is it something different? I think it was something different. It was a it was a painting, but she was able to put the name of all sixty six books of the Bible in it. Wow! <laughs> in the different like lines that she had and the different shapes, but you couldn't like see them in it unless like she told you where they were. Huh? And then it like the whole painting turned out to be a picture. I think it was Mary holding uh, baby Jesus. I'm not <laughs> super sure, but it was like the the shape. Of something that I think that was it. But um, I wanted to talk today about the different facets of how the 
Christ-following life, the God-seeking life is almost always interwoven with creativity in some way. Um, just because God as the creator, that being kind of the first action that he took, obviously, um, is somehow connected to who we are. And I wanted to talk about like how we can flourish in that and how we can thrive in that and what specifically you two might have to say about it because I have a lot of things to say about it, but I really want to hear about what you guys have to say because, you know, Megan, you're, you know, super into like science and um, the medical field and mm-hmm. and all those things, which is extremely hard for people like me to do because I'm I'm artistically brained, whereas <laughs> other people are very left intellectually brain. They're left brain, they're yeah. right brain, and all that kind of stuff. But um, and then Tom, you're almost like a perfect blend of the two. Yeah, you in really my are. Um, and then I hang with I'm, both of y'all. You, you hang with both, <laughs> and then I'll I am just on the complete other side. Like <laughs> with like, I'm a poet, psalmist at heart. Of just everything I look at is art, whereas everything like Megan that you touch in your job is art. And so it's just like, how do we flourish in those things and how do we thrive in those things? And how do we like encourage people Mm -hmm. to find what they're creative in? Even if it's not like when people think creative, they think, Oh, I need to sit down and do a painting or, Oh, I need to, you know, whatever. But for some people it's not that. And how do we get them in touch with their creative side? Even if they are not what this culture would call creative. I mean, I think I think what's so what's so interesting is that like when you think about like people sitting down and, and like painting a painting and stuff. When I first think of someone doing that, I think of you before anyone else because you sit da- you just sit down <laughs> and do art for the hell of it in a way that like. Um, I think so much of my life, I've been tying so much worth of mine to like I need to be so good at this art thing, so they end up not being as either like I, I just end up doing it less and doing it with less courage but you're just like hey i want to pay, paint a painting once you like painted this really nice painting for me and all this stuff and like i think about just like you just sit down and do it in a way that i feel like a lot of people define themselves by art so it's like you so you get that creative release in a way that's so much so much more or it's, it's like liberating the way it's supposed to be instead of being a thing that drags you down so it's so funny how it's like even though it's like Megan, oh, look at her. She's the intellectual science girl. It's like you, like art is more of a creative expression for you than like uh, so many other people I've met that define themselves by making the best art ever and then never actually get to use that as an expression of their own emotions or spirituality or creativity, which is kind of funny, but also like... It's kind of a paradox, right? Yeah, (laughs) it's almost just like, I think that, uh, I think something that I know that Derek, you're going to resonate with, is how much as soon as you're even in a quote-unquote creative space or you know you're with the creatives you know (laughs) we all have our uh, adobe licenses uh (laughs) and you know (laughs) like in um at least one or two stickers on our mac pros rip rip flash player though (laughs) rip rip flash player (laughs) 1990 something to 2020 Leave Another the casualty, past. the last casualty. <laughs> the last casualty was Adobe Flash Player. Uh, rip Newgrounds, but um, I, I think that's uh, I, I think that's something that always sticks out for me because I still remember it was one of the first times 
uh, we hung out. It was over in your apartment. You just had like some like art stuff out, and I was like, "Oh, what's that?" And you're just like, "Oh, just like doing some art." And you had like your keyboard up at your table, and I was like, "Oh, you you play piano?" She's like, "Yeah, I like piano." And and she had like this like songbook from like Coldplay and stuff. And part of me was immediately just like, "Wait, so you like do all this like smart person stuff, and then you just like do this, and then you just like enjoy this? <laughs> like you like this? You know, like it's like this isn't just like a flex for you. This is just like you enjoy doing this as a creative release." What a normal thing to do. Like, what a, what a, it's like, oh my God, people are normal outside of a really weird sphere. But like, um, but that, but I, that's just, that's just the thing though, isn't it? Like just a, sorry to jump in, but like, oh no, go for it. Hasn't, hasn't kind of the evangelical church done that to us in almost like a weird way of like, oh, you're good at this. Let me force you to serve God with it. Which is a lot of pressure. And I, I, I like I even think about the whole church creative thing, and I don't know if are you part of the creative church uh, group on Facebook, or have you ever been a part of it? Uh, no, it's the one where they just took all the uh, vowels out, so the like, you know, it's one of those. Uh, I did, I did yeah. follow that on Instagram, but I didn't like join it or anything. Um, the Facebook group was very. I, I left it recently just because I could not do it anymore. But um, it's, it's it's very interesting because. Um, occasionally you'll get some drama and the drama is really fun. And it was, uh, there was a guy, he was, um, he'd started this church in Atlanta, uh, and was getting people from this group to do freelance work for him. Uh, however, he'd basically write into the contracts to say like, if the work is done and found not to be to our quality, we're not going to pay you. And basically he was just like stealing people's work. But then when people are going and, uh, trying to bring it up to him, he's just like, Hey, but you're doing what you love to do, right? And just like is that, I, th- I think that's I think Eric. you might have yeah a that's car horn. <laughs> uh, oh heck yeah, uh, heck yeah Georgetown Kentucky good old Georgetown Kentucky oh they got it yeah I, I wasn't curious if anybody said that but um, I don't know I, I guess like the, the the whole like creativity thing and the whole like doing jobs that are uh, are, are what other people would do for fun or whatever. And just finding those boundaries. I think, oh man, this this is going to be mean. Uh, I want to jump in after this because I have something to say. I'm going to get angry at me on Twitter again. Oh, God. After this. Um, <laughs> oh. It, it, Did you, have you seen that, Derek? <laughs> I don't know that I saw that, but I've seen plenty of who you're talking about. <laughs> he's, a fun, he's a fun guy. Um, we're getting messy. But I think, especially in evangelical circles, a lot of those boundaries are intentionally crossed to the point where we're used to those boundaries being crossed and that um and that space between you're doing something you love you're doing something for god Mm -hmm. and you're doing something for money those are all blended together and Mm -hmm. we're seen as working for god as like working for an abusive boss with no boundaries and we're and and i think that's something capitalistic christianity oh yeah 100 percent. that's it that's all i had to say okay i I was just gonna say like um, I guess maybe that is true to a point of anything that you pick for your job because, mm-hmm. like, for me, that stuff is relaxing because it's not my job, but that's not to say that, like, when I'm doing science, I'm not putting all this pressure on myself to, like, especially because it's, like, biomedical research, it always just feels like a huge deal. Like, it's like mm-hmm. if I make these mistakes and I'm setting our research back, maybe it's not in the grand scheme of things that big of a deal, but also we're trying to, it's like we're trying to find cures for things and understand diseases and like that's a lot of pressure. Plus it's for me, like, 
it's like I'm viewing that as sort of what I am like the co- the cause I'm trying to dedicate my like my life to in a yeah. bigger way and it's like that's how I want to change the world is by mm. contributing to science so like maybe when I was younger and I'd watch like Discovery or whatever science was more of a fun hobby but like it's definitely changed now so like i can go paint and it's not stressful but also like that doesn't mean the other thing that i'm doing isn't stressful Uh in its own right you know what i mean Mm. it's almost like if there's always a goal there's always a pressure so there's always a manipulation to like yeah and it's totally outside the church context for me because no one pressured me to do this but it's still ultimately like oh i want to make the world better and if i mess it up Uh the world's not going to be better (laughs) yeah which like there's a there's like a natural pressure that comes with that type of thing like the thing that i love about what i think our church has kind of created has been there's literally our our motto is always welcome never obligated and so it's like even if I, as the worship pastor, the worship arts pastor, as we like to call it, even if I, like on a Saturday night or even a Sunday morning, we're like, hey, y'all, I'm not feeling good. Can you, like, is is it cool if I back off, like, and not do what we plan? They'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll just fill the time with something else. You know, and it's just, it's not like there there's this reliance on what I do for the survival or the maintainment of the big picture, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So it's almost like if you had a partner, you know, like a like a business partner, and each of you put equally the amount of work needed to be done into it, but you never had to, like, I was going somewhere with that analogy and then I lost it. I love being like this. <laughs> <laughs> so but, since uh, since our last podcast, I I was diagnosed with ADHD. Might hey. want might want to check in on that because I do that, <laughs> but now I yeah. do a little bit less because I am medicated. It's awesome. <laughs> My, mine has a little bit more to do with like dissociative depression and like memory loss in that way. Hey, I do so. that. <laughs> but uh and more of like i feel like it's like hey i have something to say but then i don't actually have anything to say because what i had to say didn't make sense at all except to me so it's like (laughs) my brain's just like wait where are you right now again and then i just forget everything (laughs) yeah but anyway what i was what i was trying to say was that like there is no amount of pressure that's put on me to say like, if you're not here, this won't work. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not it's not that thing of like in high school you had that one kid who did all of the project in a group project, and then the rest of the people just signed their names on it. Hmm. I hated that. I, I was the I was the kid doing all the work. You were always the kid doing all the work. See, and I was always the kid that did none of the work. So. <laughs> And now we're in but, a group project together. And now we're in a group project together called Theo Bourbon. Hey. Check us out on Slacker Podcasts. <laughs> but but anyway, back to kind of what we were talking about with like how that is, how that can be effective in a bad way to people who kind of serve in the church because there's almost this, it's kind of like what we talked about um, a couple of podcasts ago. I can't remember when, but... 
we were talking about how like if a missionary is in the building, everybody has to be a missionary. If there's an evangelist in the building, he tells everybody they have to be an evangelist. It's like when you're serving on the Megan's already looking horrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, when we talked about it, you know, we were talking about how like not everybody's called to the same thing yeah. and not everybody has to be that same cookie cutter, um, like person who tries to serve in a certain way. But, um, there's like this pressure put on, you know, that, um, that person who's kind of that, that like Renaissance person in every church. Who, like, if they're not there that Sunday, the service can't happen, you know? But it's that person that everyone's told, everyone has told, like, you're so important. You're so, like, willing. You're so blah, blah, blah. Like, you have all you these such talents. such a servant's heart. You just you got have such, such a, a servant's, servant's heart. heart. Jesus. My favorite is you have so, <laughs> exactly. much, po- you have so much potential. Um, yeah. There, I just see such a calling on your laugh. Yeah, what? and then it's like, but the calling on your life is for us to manipulate you every single Sunday so that oh we can God. get our ultimate end game done. There and are then, special plans on your life. Do you know how many jewels are going to be in your crown in heaven? Oh, like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <gone> too far. <laughs> but, but that's like, if you follow all of that to its logical conclusion, like us who are creatives and us who are. Um, at least artistically, like that's what we fall into a lot of times when we join a worship team or we join like, um, you know, the sound team or the editing team or the whatever team, if your church has that. And it's like what you love to do becomes a job rather than a service. And it becomes a capitalistic system of, we want to get everything we can out of you so that our end goal is reached rather than we want to pour into you, let you do what you love and not put any of this pressure on you and instead look for like this common goal of like love and unity and goodness and not treat you like you're a, uh, dare I say it, like a servant. Yeah. Uh, I, I think about... <laughs> This is, I was just thinking about this last night. It's crazy. Uh, I, I, and I think about this all the time. Uh, it was one of the first conversations I, I ever had with Diego. Shout out, Diego. You rock, my dude. Hey, Diego. Go, go Rom Check out Rom... Check, the new, rock, check the out new merch. Romantic Relevance. The new merch is so the cool. The new merch is so cool. Um, I, I'm not sure how many people have seen it, because that was, that was like on his private story that he had that. So cool. But, oh, yeah. If, if you are in for some new Rom Rail merch, it, it rocks. Anyway. I'm pumped. But um, it was a, one of the first times we talked, and this is still both of us were going to what was then Quest, uh, mm-hmm. and we were still kind of very much in that deep evangelical brain thing. Uh, and I was basically saying, it makes me really uncomfortable when churches are run like businesses. And mm-hmm. he replied to me, he's like, he's like, yeah, I used to feel that way, but then uh, Pastor Pete, if you know, you know, uh, explained, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pastor Pete explained to me, he said, you know, this is the best business. It's business, but it's the best business. And mm. I think, it, like, we, we've, we've got such uh, a mixture of this, like, productivity-focused, uh, profit-focused mindset, like, deeply American, deeply capitalist thing that's just <clears throat> smashed together with faith and manipulation. You've got something that's just 
it's just real gross. And I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who are very talented people who want to do their art for uh, spiritual purposes who uh, not only do they end up leaving church settings, they're also like, uh, they also are just like, why would I ever want to do this to someone else but me? And they can find a lot of happiness just not doing things for a church. And honestly, I, I can't blame someone for just being like, screw this, I'm going off on my own and I'm just going to find my own spirituality because these people are just manipulating me. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, good on you. Go for it. Get out. And uh, yeah. that's, that's kind of... But I love seeing just the re- redemptive nature of um, of what 317 is doing. Mm. And, uh, and and just how, like, y'all are coming forward and you're bringing your art. And, uh, and and just, like, isn't this awesome? And everyone's like, oh, this is so cool. We love it. God's cool. And there's no, like... And there's no, like, hey, remember, if, if you don't get this done for next week, people aren't going to hear the gospel. And it's like... Not, never like that weird that weird um manipulation thing that's nice mm-hmm. yeah and you know i don't know how any of this like relates to you megan within like your catholic upbringing or anything like that but like in the way of like you know uh the catholics are kind of some of the people who have brought the best art to the world you know back in the day and so it's like yeah um <laughs> You know, talking about Michelangelo's boyfriend and that being who, you know, <laughs> modeled as Jesus uh, back in the day, but nobody wants to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about this. I want to hear more I want to talk about yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about it? All right, go ahead, Megan. Like, oh, Mikey Mike? But, like, what I mean is, you know, we, the church employed Michelangelo. The church employed, you know, all those guys. So there was still a little bit of a capitalistic nature to that but um oh you know, i mean just, if you want to talk about capitalism the catholic church <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but let's take it in a different direction of like you know how do we encourage people to get back kind of to that like when you walk into the sistine chapel and there's just this massive gorgeous beautiful how did anybody have this in their head and put it on a wall thing? And then we today would rather see a church look like a warehouse. You know, we want that rustic fireplace. We want that, you know, wooden box around the drum set. We want blah, blah, blah. We don't want to see any, you know, good art on the walls. We don't want to see this because it, it doesn't match our aesthetic or whatever. And so like that type of thing, like like, this is so uniquely evangelical because like Catholic, I mean, Catholic churches, I think still look, you know, pretty traditional. And like the church that I grew up in didn't look the way, I mean, like I went to vineyard, it looks completely different, you know? And I feel like the whole, modern like aesthetic that a lot of those churches are going for and everything is also part of the reason they're trying to get young people to come like, you know, make it look cool, make it look fresh, like use your graphic design and your music to make this seem really like, you know what I mean? Like cool uh-huh. in the times, but none of Side that note, happens at. I learned in art history footnote that the reason that the Catholic church went so gung ho on making their buildings look beautiful and cool and whatever, like, 
the type of cool that we would call cool yeah. is they were, that was during the, um, what do they call it? Fighting the Reformation, but there's a certain word for it. The, the Counter-Reformation or the Counter-Reformation. Okay. It was to make everyone like their buildings more? To make everybody see, oh yeah, we serve a big, beautiful, like the church is going to reflect the grandeur and the glory of wow. God. So interestingly enough, and, and the we're still like, in the middle of that. Protestants are like, you got a wooden box, go and pray in it. Yeah. God, is, suck. Total God, is so, God is so big and terrible and we have to be so fearful of him. We can't make anything look good, which is a thing in That's the churches that I've served at and the ministries I've served in. They have said, we don't want to make our music so good that we look better than God. There's a lot to Derek, unpack that there. Is, that is the most batshit crazy thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'm, okay, I've, I've heard a lot of crazy evangelical things. Nothing comes close to that. That's it's so... <laughs> but that's the thing, like, when we talk about creativity and I art gotta and defend how the Lord. God and how God is creative. And he is... He did make the freaking world in a way that, like, he made it so that we could enjoy it. It was pleasing to the eye. It was pleasing to the touch. It was pleasing to the smell, pleasing to the taste, pleasing to all of our senses. And then we say, oh, you know what? What we're going to give back to God, we're not allowed to be creative because then it might look too good that it will take everyone's focus away from God. So when I talk about the Catholics, that's what I actually like really, wow. really admire about. Okay, because I went to, so I grew up like going to this school in Cincinnati, going to this parish, and we're in Cincinnati, Ohio, and our church is still cool. There's like stained glass windows, there's giant crucifix, mm-hmm. everything's ornate, there's red carpet, like an organ, you know what I mean? At some mm-hmm. church in Ohio, and it's beautiful. But I think the other thing is like I've never felt... It's interesting because I feel like a lot of the people that I meet just around Tom, I don't know if it's because he's also creative or if it's just because a lot of a lot of people in your sphere are kind of pushed into that. But like I have never felt that pressure to like turn what I like into something I have to do for the church or to even like focus on any of the artistic stuff because we're so like ingrained in our tradition anyway. It's not like I'm up there mm-hmm. writing a new song for them. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah. But but I also think about um so yeah I'm currently going through RCIA. I'm going full Catholic on y'all. Um hey. Hey, uh, and we recently had a ceremony that like welcomed me as like basically welcomed me into the church. Like I'm not like I can't take communion yet, but it's like I am a part of the parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for people who hadn't been baptized yet they basically got whatever the adult um, like version of that is. And it's like, they would have been anointed if it weren't COVID. Uh, Cause it was all just like, only like maybe 15 people in the room and we were all spread out is very mm-hmm. bizarre, but you know, it was cool. We live streamed it. Her family watched. They were very happy. It was cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was awesome. So um, anyways, so while we were in there, they had like a band playing uh, and it was like a pianist, um, a guitarist or two, a flautist, and this absolutely incredible, um, like, contralto, somewhere between alto and soprano, just, like, absolutely killing it. And it's like, I was just like, the music was just, like, like top quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, was, I was thinking about that, how it's like, I, I would even remember looking back, being even joking, seeing that, being like, <laughs> what is that, being all snooty? But it's like, no, that is really good. They just, 
know exactly what their setting is and they're playing music mm-hmm. like it's aimed towards the setting well and it's like this is how it's supposed to be and this is part of the tradition of this and i'm thinking about how it's very there's a very weird modernist thing in especially evangelical music where it's like you never write a song that you know you're going to be singing for more than 15 or 20 years because mm-hmm. after that you're going to be singing a whole new thing there's no such thing as a hymn book anymore you know like right. uh if we if we lose all of our hard drives all of the art from evangel- the evangelical era just disappears, yep. you know? Uh, and, and yet, like, there's something that's being reflected that's ancient, that it's no less good, it's no less creative. Uh, it's just not trying to innovate, because it's like, why would, we, why would we try to innovate on this? We've already got something really good. Even as the styles change, it's not about constantly having to innovate and be cool. It's just mm-hmm. about reflecting something that's beautiful. That's why they'll, they'll be singing hymns, that were written within the last hundred years or something that was written hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I saw that that was like, there's a certain rest there because there's no pressure to innovate and have what's the next coolest thing. What's the way mm-hmm. we can be better than elevation. What's the way that we can say, screw it to Hillsong, you know, mm-hmm. like what, 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 and there's, there's no weird, there's no, there's no pressure to innovate, like innovate when you're just, trying to like sing to sing to god and yeah. and and enjoy some and enjoy a moment with your creator uh and and i thought that was really really just it, it was nice because i just felt like i didn't have any pressure to come up with the next cool thing mm-hmm. and um there's something something significant there because it's like and it's it's like this is this is really good and i could see myself turning up my nose because it wasn't innovative even a few years ago and it's like Man, I would have missed out on something really awesome if I'd done that. We sound like typical '90s moms, like when, <laughs> like the CCM was starting to get a lot bigger and louder and whatever. It's like, <laughs> we just we sound like we sound like traditional. The drums were just we really never loud. we never thought we would be this way. <laughs> we just I just think I just think the drums are really loud. And I think that pastor is a homophobe who wears twelve hundred dollars shoes. Oh my gosh! Where's the lie? Do I need to go get a coffee? <laughs> uh, actually, I think I think so. Yes, it's here. I'll Jeez. be right back. <laughs> How is Latoska's service? Let's find out. Guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I guess what I what I wonder like, there's nothing wrong with innovation. You know, and there's nothing wrong with bringing new things to the board, especially like, you know, hymns were new at one point. Yeah. And then, you know, like oh, I'm saying there's, there's nothing wrong with yeah. doing with doing a new thing. You know, that's that's in the Bible. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I feel like our worship was the innovation in a way that's right. A little problematic. And it almost kind of wasn't either because it was like. Everybody was just trying to copy what everyone else was doing at the same time, just making their version of it. So, like, when Oceans came out, naturally, you know, Hillsong had Oceans. But then, you know, Bethel had to write a song about winds and waves. And then uh, Elevation had to write a song about winds and waves. And then Phil Wickham and Tom, wrote, Tom, and then Tom wrote a song about Tom wrote a song about mountains. Mountain time. <laughs> Ascend the mountain, <laughs> climb it up. That's not what that song was about. They, ha- they thought it would be. It's about, it's about Christian atheism. Anyways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? Like, 
the innovation is good and right and should be a part of the church. And like, you know, you never know when there's a song that we'll be singing for a hundred years because it's that good or, you know, all these other things. But as long as we... If they're singing Oceans a hundred years from now, y'all slap my ass (laughs) and call me Sally. Like, they, they better not be. I mean, you know, TikTok is just starting. Yeah, I know using it, it from TikTok. Like, yeah, yeah, Megan knows oh, Oceans gosh. because TikTok. Wow, but but that isn't that funny though. Like youth, youth camps and youth like youth groups are still singing that song. Even how long has it been? I, I can't deny that it thumps, but man, it, it honestly it does. It's, it's a good song. They it's did a, a good, good job with that. So Let's all just admit it. it. Here's the thing that I, I kind of want to lean into is like we we are in an ancient faith, obviously. Like there yep. are there are Eastern churches right now who are singing songs that have to do with the solemn solemnity solemnity however you say that word of Mary because that's that's what you know we we're now heading into the season of is the solemnity of um. Solemnity, something. Solemnity, solemnity. But I don't know. Solemnity, solemnity. Of Mary. You're almost there, man. Those (laughs) songs have, like, songs that they'll be singing this Sunday have been being sung for thousands of years, and it's like, you know, that's what the Psalms are, and that's what you know. We have been in this ancient, beautiful package of religion that you either have too much innovation or you have the refusal to innovate. That's you know, your happy medium. Yeah. There has to be a happy medium. Like we talked about with Hannah, where there has <laughs> to be a happy medium of, you know, the ancient and the new coming together and not deconstructing, but reconstructing and like taking what's old and giving it a new like take and like all this other stuff. And so all that to say, like, that, so we, that, is, is it a is it a dialogue or is it a dialectic? Been reading a lot of a lot of leftist hey. theory recently. I want to say the word <laughs> dialectic. So here we are yep. saying. <laughs> so you're like uh, what's her nuts and Kill Bill, who's like we should use gargantuan more in conversation. That's a great we word. Use dialectic <laughs> in more conversation. We should. <laughs> I've never but, seen Kill Bill. I've never seen that either. I, I I'm gonna throw you out the window. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a Tarantino student. However, I'm always willing to learn more. You need to watch both Kill Bills. We'll make a special Absolutely. episode where we just review the movies and don't talk oh about anything God, else. Oh my God, I would love that. <laughs> we, we should we should like live stream our reaction and get other people to watch it. That'd be awesome. Yes. That'd be fun. A watch yes. party. Yeah, we'll just like, watch it on stream. That's an awesome yeah. idea. <laughs> Speaking of Quentin Tarantino, a master creator. Uh, but anyway... Um, <laughs> You're a master creator. <laughs> You're a master creator. <laughs> um, so here's here's the thing that maybe we can land on. When art is perceived as something that needs to have an end goal to produce something, to make something happen. Like I've been hearing a lot of, you know, especially right now in our culture, like all art has to be a form of like, um, what's the word? All, all art has to be a form of pushing back against power or um, all art has to like say something that speaks to something else. 
And um, I wonder, like, as every culture has come and gone, like the culture of the Counter-Reformation, which was let's make everything huge and beautiful and make it so that people who are leaving the church can look at the church again and see – Shut your mouth. Um, it's it's the most it's huge. It's the most beautiful <laughs> church you've ever seen. It's huge. Talk about it's, the most. It's, un- a, it's so nice. Talk about the most uncreative person in the world. Literally, every speech he has is like a quote for quote, either Michael Scott quote, or <laughs> it's from a movie, or it's something else. Like we, were, me and Miranda, were talking the other day, and we were watching The Office, and Michael said something. And it was literally something that somebody had tweeted about Donald Trump. And I was like, does no one notice? <laughs> does no one see? I don't say does, that about Michael Scott. How do people think best. that he's smart? I don't know. I don't like, know. are you delusional or are they just, I don't know. And you can't call <laughs> him not creative. He has to like paint orange paint all over himself every day. That you man really has think m- he does that himself? No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, powdering his back, nose. <laughs> back to what we back back to it. Okay. Um, what else is she gonna powder? <laughs> oh, God. Watching a lot it's, of TV. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since we've podcasted. <laughs> it has been too long. This is it's the most chaotic long. episode. Yeah. Oh, get, get back into the season two pilot. See, this is oh, what we create. You know, this is what Tom's going to be editing a lot. Do. This is what yeah. we creatives do. We literally fly by, fly by the seat of our pants. We don't prepare. We just throw paint on a piece of paper and we say, "Fuck it." I like that. <sighs> we are Jack. We are a, we are Jackson Pollock podcasters rather than you know the artists who did like five or six different drafts of their paintings before they came point pointillism the or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two, 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 gir- two girls, one ghost. Prepper preparation. Okay, love shout two girls, out to one two ghost. girls, also, one ghost. They're great. Shout out to two girls, one ghost. My favorite podcast ever. They're awesome. I recommend uh, it. They are awesome. They, they are awesome. Not nothing to I do with God. Them. All about ghosts. So all about ghosts. If you, if but, you scare easy, do not watch or do not listen. <laughs> Unless you want to. Unless you want to. So <laughs> let's let's maybe end with this. <laughs> Or we might, you know, spout off another hour of bullshit. (laughs) When we create and when we partake in the peace of God that is creator, not just in a, like, what we probably grew up with, more or less, Tom, of like, God is creator, we are created, we must kowtow to the creator as the created and just live as terrible, awful, created beings because the creator is so good. How do we really dive in and thrive in that non-manipulative, non-pressurized place of we are made in God's image, that image is of a creator, and how do we put that into our lifestyles of like, kind of like, Megan, you're a perfect example, like, you paint just to paint. Yeah. Like, you don't, You don't need to look at a price tag on it after you're done, or you don't need to like worry about where it's going to go. It might sit in your closet forever, but like at least you did it and you like had a release of some type 
in that because you were doing what you have been created as to do. Yeah, and it just like makes me, I don't know, makes me feel at peace. It helps me get my feelings out and helps me relax, especially because I'm doing like so much left brain stuff with my job and everything. It's just really nice to engage that part of my brain. Right, and so like even for you and me, Tom, like there are probably songs that we've written that will never see the light of day and no one will hear besides us. Hmm. Because like, we just wrote them to write them. We didn't write them for any other reason other than we just needed to write it. Hmm. I don't yeah. know. If and it's I that feel like that's the you, point because I hate the I hate the idea that you have to be making art for something or for someone else right. because people aren't even going to agree on how they interpret it anyway. So that's just a right. fruitless endeavor, yeah. honestly. So and there's there's even a point to that in like theology. Like if we can tie it into that, like there are some such creative ways of looking at scripture that like we have it and it it kind of goes back to that like mystic versus literalist and all that kind of stuff like readings of scripture like me talking to my cousin (laughs) the other day uh (laughs) being me like trying to understand how you can have such a baseline, uncreative, unworked out version of scripture that leads you to be a uncreative, just cookie cutter, basically like I'm just a pile of crap and I just need to wait for heaven one day Hmm. rather than let me be influenced and inspired to live life the way that God has made it to be lived, which is creatively and you know, even every day we create spaces for ourselves in our jobs. And like every day that I work outside, I, want, I, you know, I have this prayer of like, God, let me see you and what I'm doing. Like hmm. just this, it's almost like we are cutting God off in certain points of our lives to where we're not allowed to be creative in like our job sphere or our, you know, whatever sphere. But like in reality, the biggest piece of God that we see every day is literally what he has created. And so it's like, how do we get inspired by that? And how do we live to do theology in a creative way, do music in a creative way, do church in a creative way, while still holding to these ancient truths, you know, that are foundational. And it's just like, People don't recognize that it's a lot more complicated than (laughs) just going to work, coming home, sitting on your couch, watching TV and going to bed. Yeah. And I think you're at least, I don't know, this is just sort of my own perspective, but like your life itself is kind of your biggest creative project, the decisions that you're making and how you're building it and the like story you're writing for yourself. Like that is just all of that is a reflection of like your own creativity, your own thoughts, mm-hmm. your own self-expression. So you can't get away from it, even if you wanted to, just because you're yeah. not sitting around painting all the time. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can't you can't just follow this perfect mold because it just doesn't exist. Yeah, unless you become a monk. <laughs> yeah, unless we up. all become monks, which <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, being a monk would be great. But also, you'd be a, I love you'd my be a really good one. I love my wife and I love my cats too much to <laughs> move out into the desert and just think for the rest of my life. But you, you could you could start. I mean, you've you've already got the bald thing. I've already got the bald do, thing going. Just just get a robe with like a little rope to tie it off. You know, 
Miranda Randall got me cool a robe for Christmas. Hey! <laughs> so. Hey! <laughs> get, get her one, too. You can be a little, little monastic people together. Little monastic. Little, little mystic. Little, des- little desert little desert daddy. Desert Daddy Derek! <laughs> yes! Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my God. Everything's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I want to hear y'all's last last thoughts on that because um, I think there's there's a lot to be said about it, and there's a lot more like theology we could throw behind it. But just in like the simplistic way of saying like God's creative, why can't we be too? You know, uh, this it's like I think this is this is my last thing to share, and I think it's significant. Uh, so. A few months ago, so I've I, I was just looking around at different things I could do with with my degree, with my undergrad degree, with like the media degree, and I was just like, I'm a creative. I just have to figure all this out. And Meg, it's like, oh my god, you gotta stop <laughs> defining yourself as a creative. It's so obnoxious. And basically, she's just like, she's like, all of you do this. You need to stop. And then she's like, yeah. why not just use an actual job title and not call yourself a creative? Because I'm creative too. Yeah, I was yes. like, just because I'm a scientist doesn't mean I'm not also creative. And everyone, that's what I want everyone to realize is that everyone has just the capacity. Because, exactly. Like, because I, oh God, I think of all the people that we do a disservice to in the church when we're like, oh, if you can't serve on the worship team or you can't act in kids' dramas or you can't, you know, write a poem or write a sermon or whatever, all these things, it's like, we are getting rid of the people who do math. We're getting rid of the people who do science. They're not allowed to serve God in the church because we don't give them a space to, even though they're creative too. And so it's exactly. like, how do we, how do we do it? How do we give them? We and did. I mean, ha- we had this exact <laughs> argument. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Literally like, Meg was like, oh my God, I'm going to rip your head off. You deserved it. Um, but, but, but I think about, but look at Kristen Roller. She's like a mathematician, yeah. but it's like, she also just likes to use that with her art. You know, it's right. like. It's like, I think the dichotomy of the whole left brain, right brain thing, it's like, I mean, I think sometimes we're so good and we're so good at putting things into little boxes. We love our, mm-hmm. we, we, we love our astrology. We love our Myers-Briggs. We love things that allow us to break down the, the infinity of the human conscious and break it down into little bite-sized chunks. And I think oh. we do that to people. And we do. At the, yes. at the end of the day, we, it's like either you are someone who is creative or you aren't, but it's like everyone's creative. But yeah, that right. also means... I mean, but also everyone wants to do something different with their life. They're interested in different yeah. things. But that doesn't mean everyone isn't creative. Literally, everyone needs an outlet to do something, to make things. Yeah. And we do, yeah, that we, with, have, we do that with yeah. school. Like, school and, you know, like, the typical public school, it's like, you have to learn your sciences, you have to learn your math, you have to learn this, 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 and this, and build up your intu- intellectualness. But, oh yeah, all you people who are right-brained and artistic, we have nothing for you unless it's an extracurricular activity. Like, like I think about how right now um, I just enrolled in grad school to teach math. So, <laughs> did, did, I, did I tell you about this? No. Well, now you know about this. Now I so, know. Yeah, so I'm. So your boy is gonna be a math teacher. It's gonna be exciting. Nice. Uh, but yeah, literally, I just uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my master's in ed. Um, but it's so funny because like I, I've been talking, and they're just like, "Wow, you're like a a male teacher. That's already like really cool." Uh, and you're going into STEM. So and we just meet so many people in STEM. But it's like this obsession with STEM and this obsession with all that. It's like I I clearly like STEM enough to want to teach it. Like mm-hmm. I, I I clearly think it's very important. 
but like this whole idea that like if we we don't need music classes we need like mm-hmm. m- more and more stem that's where all the res- resources are going to go and i mean I'm, you can really easily google up um like how so many like hum- like humanities courses and different kinds of arts whether it's music whether it's theater stuff like that are getting yeah. defunded so quickly because what's seen to be important now is we got we got to get all those smarties off to their engineering school uh and and everyone else you know they can go work at um Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but like, exactly. That's kind of like, uh, that's what I'm seeing, and it's so sad because it's like, yeah, I, I think math is really, really important. I think it's important for everyone to at least get a decent mm-hmm. education with, uh, with how to work with numbers and all that stuff. Some people want to do that for a living. Good for them. Not everyone has to, but like, uh, it just drives me absolutely crazy that we're just kind of seeing it as a world that it's like you are smart, you are in STEM, all this stuff. You aren't creative though. You do your thing. Shut up, you know, or it's like, oh, you're all creative. Oh, we're going to make this whole sexy world for you. But however, you're also <laughs> gatekept from it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just bizarre and it's sad because because it, uh, it means that only people who already have the means, whether uh, they've got rich family or what like, or something like that or like or and that kind of wealth are even able to do art at a professional level because it's so hard to. Right. Uh, we, we just don't value art work. Uh, as well as we could in our culture, and that's, yeah. that's represented in in the evangelical churches because they're a product of our culture. Yeah, it's it, it's absolutely it's a good rant. like thank you. I mean that no, that's a great rant, and it kind of goes back to like we are a part of a capitalistic Christianity, and it it sucks. <laughs> like it absolutely yes. sucks because like in America you can't exist unless you have money. You know, mm-hmm. and in order to have money, you have to have a product. And in order to have a product, you have to have people who see it as a product and who won't shut down their churches during a pandemic because then they won't make money and then they won't be a church anymore because they don't see churches somewhere where people should find solidarity and safety and help and all of these other things and love. They see it as a place where people have to come and get their consumeristic Sundays. And so they're going in and they're getting their product. They're going in and they're getting yeah. their product, and then they go and they make their product the rest of the week. And it's just, it's so sad, and it's so heartbreaking. Like, we can sit here and demonize it and talk about it, like, just because we're not in those spaces anymore, but, like, the people who are in those spaces, it's like, when you see these things and you recognize these things and you say, oh, this this kind of sucks. Like, this kind of sucks, but like know that there are spaces and there are churches that don't do that. You know? Yeah. Like I can think of this church in, in Lexington, the, um, first, is it second or first? Third. One of the, one of the Presbyterian churches. Fourth? Like we went, Shut up. We went and (laughs) we visited it and it was just like their main goal was just to let people know that they were there for them. And it was like they had a beautiful choir. They had a beautiful service. I mean, it was traditional. So like they do the same thing every week. So it's kind of second nature. But like there was still an innovation and a creativity of how they could get people involved. And it was like. I don't get how people don't see that the opposite of that is so gross. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, hey, pastor, go sell another fucking book. 
<laughs> so Megan got me a crucifix for Christmas. I love that. And, and now I want to look at that. That's the kind you slap that on a, on a vampire, start sizzling. I thought you were going to say you slap that on a little Catholic school kid and make him behave better. <laughs> I mean, that works too. That did not happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> that, Disclaimer. You, did, you didn't get the paddle? No, I think that was a before my time. Ah, okay. yeah, that's, that's, more see, my, that's more my dad's generation. Yeah. See, yeah, I'm talk just, about the vindictive nuns. I'm just a, I'm just a little little bitty Baptist who believes that Catholics, <laughs> you know, are... <laughs> I'm not going to finish this. Sentence. Finish the sentence, Dave. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> well, my cousin would put it this way. You are reprobate and you are unregenerate. Okay, you what I'm... You are reprobate and you are unregenerate. This is just a side note, but I've been watching Rain on Netflix, which is about Mary Queen of Scots. And I'm, I love the way that they talk about this because it's like the Catholics versus the Protestants. And uh-huh. the all the main people are Catholic and they're like, those Protestant heretics. And it cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I if only a, they could see us now. <laughs> I had a teacher at, when I used to go to my Southern Baptist college who would... Uh, make jokes about Presbyterians being unsaved. So that's cool. Oh they're my li- God. Pres- they're like also like reformed. They're like in the exact same tradition as y'all. But they're not Baptist. They might not all vote for Trump. Oh God. Thankfully, I know enough Baptists that didn't vote for Trump that it makes me a little bit more hopeful, but. Oh, thank God. That is good. God forbid any of the men that I looked up to at my old Baptist church have now just absolutely gone ape shit over this crap. You know, did you ever, okay, this, I, I actually don't have this. This is not going to be a burn, but I was, so I'm going to mention the church. Um, did, did you ever go to Ashland Avenue Baptist in Lexington? No. Uh, it was right when I first came to school and I was like looking around to see what church I wanted to go to on Sundays. And I decided to try it out. And they're like, the most Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist church. Very, mm-hmm. very nice people. I, I, yeah, I didn't have any negative experiences with anyone. Uh, they actually kept sending me like swag bags for the next year after <laughs> I visited to, like, to my mailbox. I had like three coffee cups from them, a bunch of pens. That's, some, That's nice. It was like, there's some really nice stuff. Yeah, I, I can't really be upset about it. But um, when, because you know, they have like the little like welcome, get to know you card that you fill out. Mm-hmm. So, so, on it, it had one line. Do you know for sure that you are going to heaven if you died today? It's like... Does anyone? Just, if, if the answer <laughs> isn't yes, you ain't saved enough. That's what they'd say. Isn't but, it so uh, funny? It was, I think it's presumptuous to think you know if you're going to heaven or not. <laughs> but, like, that's that's an early church father thing. Like, everything that they talked about, they were like, the afterlife, like that's a second rate issue. If you, yeah. So there was, there's one that uh, Brad Jerzak talks about it. I think it was actually a 20th century uh, monk. He had a disciple who was just like super about, hey, I have to have people who go to hell because that's got to be a thing. God is justice, blah blah blah. And the guy was like, he told him a story. Uh, or he asked him a question. He was like, if you even had one of your brothers outside of the city, like, and he couldn't get in and he was burning and all this other stuff, would you not do everything you could? Would you not beg God and say, hey, let me replace him. Let me take his place. Let me, like, save him from this. Would you not do that? 
And he said, if you don't, then your heart is made of iron and there's no place for iron in the paradise of God. And he said, but that's crazy. Despair not because I believe all shall be saved. But anyway, uh, like the, but in that it's like, if you don't see yourself as the only person who's going to be in hell, then you have it all wrong. I, I kind of think that takes a little step too far. That that that's that gets a little weird and guilt guilt ridden for me. But right, yeah. But like for them, it wasn't that. You, for oh, them, you it was orthodox like, boy, you. Oh, listen. Uh, but like the, it, for them, it wasn't even that. It was more of like you should have so much hope that that everyone, like uh, von Balthazar says. I don't that, know any of these people like, are. You need to know this right now. <laughs> he says. I think. I think it was him. He said that like. Um, he wrote a book called "Dare We Hope That All Shall Be Sa- That All Men Shall Be Saved," and basically his argument was like, "We are propelled, and it is required of us as gospel believers that we should believe that all will be saved because we have that much hope." I'm into it. So I like the, that. Yeah. So literally, the only person who could possibly minutely be sent to hell is myself because I have so much hope for other people. <laughs> Cheers, brother. I'll drink to that. Cheers. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. That is a whole other podcast. Think, hey, that's just, that oh, we're teasing the rest one. of season two. We're teasing yeah. the rest of season we're two, which will, all, which will be every single possible gateway to hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, season two, we are going to say every possible thing that will that could potentially damn us to prove yeah. that 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 we're going to go to heaven, right? <laughs> right. You're on your own there, Tom. All right, I, I, I'm going to say the first. I, I, I'm going to start first. Um, Chick Fil A's is pretty mediocre sometimes. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! I know. I, know. Whoa. I actually really like Chick Fil A. I was thinking about getting some. <laughs> Cool. I have one. Let's hear it. Hang on. Dude, your video okay. Your video is, really is so bad. bad but your yeah. audio sounds pretty fine, so I don't know what's up with that. I don't know what's up okay. either. Well, we didn't get... Hey, we gotta have the ASMR slurp real quick before I do this. <laughs> that was good. Did you hear it? Yeah. It was nice. Okay. John Piper is more of a heretic than Rob Bell. All I hear are facts. <laughs> okay, I gotta take off the pop guard for this. Oh my here. god. Here it is. <laughs> Farewell, John Piper. Roll the metal. <laughs> 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 Well, thanks everybody for listening. Sorry, we we'll we'll title this. You can skip to, and then we'll or you can end the podcast at a certain time <laughs> if they don't want to listen. I, I, I've, got, I've, I've, got, I've got a simple name: crapitalism. Crapitalism. <laughs> crapitalism. <laughs> I, I love that. We do come back to that a lot. We, I mean, just it was it was a thing we talked about a lot. It wasn't our main theme, but it's very catchy. But. Uh, but 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 yeah, but anybody who sees that is just gonna automatically think that we're socialists. We are. Yeah. <laughs> speak, speak for yourself, there, Derek. 
I mean, I'm, I, I, the, where's the lie? Speak for yourself, comrade. <laughs> anyway, thank Amazing. you all for listening. Uh, this is the first episode back. We will do our best to make sure that we got some more coming. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Keep listening. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tom and Meg. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, Desert Daddy Derek. Desert Daddy Derek. Desert Daddy Derek. Oh, my God. Uh, good stuff. I'm going to stop the recording.